0: I want to take you to a book that has some life-changing lessons. You see, I believe all of us in life have lessons to learn. And in those lessons that we have to learn, causes us to have to look at where we are. And some of those lessons in life change us. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to a very familiar book with a very familiar story, and it's the book of Job. Go to the book of Job with me. This this lesson came via yesterday afternoon in the midst of a conversation. (laughs) It's amazing. I've been praying all week for God to give me something, and not one little thing came to this little mind up here, not one thing. But one word in a conversation yesterday sparked the whole thing. I'm like, "God, why didn't you give me this earlier in the week?" I could have worked on this all week. But he doesn't do that. Sometimes I get scared cuz it's like the 11th hour and 59th second. when it shows up. But God is never late. Jesus is never late. Can you say that? Jesus is never late. Amen. So we have here in Job chapter 42. So we're going to go almost all the way to the end. And in Job chapter 42 and verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou can do Everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Those two verses by themselves are action packed. Think about that for a minute. No thought can be withholden from thee. That means he knows everything you think about. Or everything that is about to come to your mind. Wow. Some of you are starting to shake in your shoes this morning. Thinking, well, wait a minute. I I had a couple thoughts this week. And it was just a thought. But it's not withholded from the Lord. He knew. Even when no one else in the room knew. He knew. Father, I pray in these next several moments that we have together. I pray, Lord God, let your word speak to our hearts. Let Job's life-changing lessons be applied to our very own lives. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So when you begin to think of a man who comes to mind when trials and troubles come, our minds instantly go to the book of Job. Because who had more sorrows in the word of God than Job? A man of faith who lost his whole family, his fortune, and his health. All in a pretty quick, short amount of time, even. We see throughout the book of Job Job's friends have asked him to admit his sins and ask for forgiveness. And eventually, Job did indeed repent. But ironically, Job's repentance was not for the kind that his friends called for. He did not ask for forgiveness for committing secret sins, but for questioning God's sovereignty and justice. How many times have we questioned God about the decisions in our lives? Come on, honestly. Job repented of his attitude and acknowledged God's great power and perfect justice. You see, when we sin, we angrily ask. We don't just say, God, I don't understand what's going on. We get angry. And we angrily ask God, if God is in control, how can this happen? Because we are locked into time. Unable to see beyond today. We cannot know the reasons for everything that happens. Thus we must often choose between doubting and trusting. It's kind of a scale, almost. Will you trust God? With the unanswered questions? No. All of us want an answer. And how many times have I heard people saying, you too, and you may have even said it. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. (laughs) Come on. on. Some of us will be, some of us have been in that boat. I want to ask God. You know what? When you see Jesus in heaven, I don't think there's going to be one question in your mind to ask him. You are just going to fall at his feet and begin to worship him. And his greatness and in his glory and on all of his splendor, we're just going to bow and worship him. I don't think there's going to be a thing. Oh, there you are. I have a question. You know, a few years ago before I came here, a couple things happened. Could you enlighten me as to why this took place this way? <laughs> no, no. In our human frailty and in our human mind in the way we are, that's what we think we can do. So why is it we can identify with Job? We all face trials in life. John reminds us in John 16, these things I have spoken unto you. This is what Jesus says. These things I have spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Oh, come on, Lord, really? Why can't I just have peace while I'm here? Why do I have to be bothered with troubles, problems? Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world, he says. So he tells us, don't worry about that. God is bigger than our fears, better than our faith. You see, a lot of times we don't consider that. We, we don't look at the, how big God is, and we don't understand how He can remove the fears from our life. Because when you consider the monumental trials of Job, where he has lost his family, he's lost his fortune, and he had a beautiful, understanding wife, his wife turned against him, suggesting that he curse God and die, get it over with, stop the suffering. You got these ugly boils all over your body. You're in great pain. If you just curse God, you'll die. Get it over with. And then you could just be in peace. Oh, and he had some of the most understanding friends. And we all do. He had those friends to come and visit him in the midst of his sickness, encouraging him, lifting him up. No, no. He had the kind of friends that I have. He had the friends that came because they were caustic critics. You must have sinned. Notice how your friends are always pointing out your faults and what you did wrong. They don't have time to look at their own life. They were looking at everybody else's life. Aren't those wonderful friends? The kind of point, you know, they get that big two-by-four stretched out of their own eye and they're trying to take a splinter out of yours. Wonderful friends. Enthusiastic friends. But finally, Job would learn that nothing takes God by surprise. How many times have I shared that in this church? Nothing takes God by surprise. I know that thou canst do everything. He knows God can do everything. Nothing can be withholded from thee. So there are three lessons I think that we need to learn from this passage of Scripture that we have got here in Job. I think Job's lessons applies to our families. That's what we want to look at first. Because remember, imagine Job's sorrow when all of his children had died. Seven sons and three daughters lost their lives. A storm struck the building where they were having a feast, and boom, they're all gone just like that. It was just that sudden. It was just that quick. And, and there was, it was nothing. There was not like they could go and rush them to a hospital or, or get, be prepared for the storm that was coming. It was instantaneous, and they all died. So here's Job's amazing reaction to this tragedy. Oh, Lord, why did you take all my children? No, that wasn't his reaction. You know what his reaction was? His reaction was this. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because when we face death and we face sorrow, when it hits our own home, we get angry at God. How could you take them away? How could you do this to me? I thought, man, I would have loved to have met Job. I know I will meet him one day, but I would have loved to have met a guy in that day, in that time period, a guy who had all this stuff and, and had these beautiful children. And, matter of fact, he even went to temple once a year to repent for his children because he knew his children were doing the wrong things, making the wrong decisions. And yet he still stepped up to the plate with the Lord, taking his burnt offerings to the Lord and asking the Lord to forgive them. That was his responsibility. This is our responsibility. We're to tell our friends, we're to tell our loved ones and and go into the highways in the Bibles and tell them that Jesus Christ came and to save those who are lost and, and help them in their walk, knowing that their sins are taking them further and further away from the cross. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. The people in the world today love to hear that the Lord giveth. You have the prosperity preachers, and I'm sorry if it's you, but you have the prosperity preachers that are out there saying, Lord's going to do this, and the Lord's going to do that. If you give this, you give that. God's going to give this, and, and all of this kind of stuff. But they fail to tell you that the Lord taketh away. We can't tell the church that. We can't tell God's people that. That's discouraging. But it's truth. You see, in all this, Job sinned not, nor he charged nor charged God foolishly. matter of fact, if you go over to Job 1:22 and 20, 21 and 22, chapter one, verses 21 and 22, and, and this is what Job said. Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. You see, a lot of times we, we want to try to understand things. See job didn't uh, did not hide his overwhelming grief. he had lost his faith in God, no. Instead, his emotions showed that he was human and that he loved his family. God created our emotions, not that you hold him in, but that you don't let him out. It's kind of like a pressure cooker. You know, a pressure cooker, you put something in a pressure pot, you know, and add that little thing on top, it goes, you know, I used to hear that as a kid. I used to love it. I remember the first time I heard I must have was five or six years old. And I was at my grandmother's house and she had one of those going. I thought she had a rattlesnake in the pot. Nice Cause, day- Cause all you heard was this. And I thought if she opens that up, the snake's gonna eat her. Cause it's getting madder. That snake is so mad you can even see the little steam coming out from under that little thing that set on the pot, going I thought that snake is really mad. She's got it cooped up in that pot and it's getting madder by the second. Little did I know that she had a, this delicious pot roast in there cooking. Good thing she showed me it was a pot roast and not a snake because I probably wouldn't have ate it if I saw it on the table and I didn't hear that sh- 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 anymore. You see, when we think about how we have experienced grief or deep disappointment or heartbreak, when you admit how you feel, you can allow the Holy Spirit then to come in and bring peace. And He can bring in comfort. He ushers that into us. You see, years later, He still confident that this didn't take God by surprise and he's rewarded with seven more sons and three more beautiful daughters and I'm thinking wow he raised ten God took ten and he's starting over with ten I don't know if I would want to start over with ten more kids Remember, his children were adults. And now he's got 10 little babies to raise again. His poor wife. She had to start over too. The one who said, curse God and die, get it over with, fixed her. She shouldn't have doubted. God says, now you'll have seven more. No pun by this, but I'm sure she wanted to curse God and die. But God knows everything about our lives. He knows about all the frailties that we deal with every day. And I believe that the lessons that we learn from Job are are that, uh, that applies to our finances. Nobody likes to hear this. Nobody likes to hear somebody talk about your finances. Job had been a very wealthy man. When you read in Job 1, verses 1 through 3, there was a wise man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright. One that feared God and ensued evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was he had 7,000 sheep 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-ashes, and a very great household. So this man was the greatest of all men of the East. He was considered your Bill Gates of the day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he had great wealth. But suddenly, his wealth was taken away. Nevertheless, he remained faithful. Job lost his possessions and his family. And thus, first of all, Satan's, this was the first of Satan's tests to Job. But he reacted rightly toward God, acknowledging God's sovereign authority over everything that God had given him. Guess what? Satan lost the first round. He didn't expect Job to continue to honor the Lord after taking his children and taking his wealth. I'm sure he was stunned. But think about this for a minute. When when Satan showed up in heaven and God said, what are you doing here? Well, I'm just traveling to and fro, going to and from the earth, from the heaven to the earth, you know, and so what, is Job, what does God say? Have you considered my servant Job? Who is upright, perfect, loves me. I'm thinking, Lord, how could you throw Job under the bus? That, wouldn't that you, if your friends did that to you, wouldn't you say, what did I do to you? Right? Come on. You'd be like, wow, well, with friends like that, I don't need any enemies. Nevertheless, he remained faithful. You see, when we lose something dear to us, whether it be our family or our wealth, there's great disappointment and discouragement. We feel like God doesn't care. We, want, we, need, we need something else, but, but, but God hasn't provided it yet, so God doesn't care. God does care. God does care about where we are. God does care about your family. God does care about your finances. Matter of fact, he says, I will provide what? All of your needs. Not Not necessarily our wants like we want. See, the problem is the world today wants all the wants. They don't think about the needs. They just want the wants. Later, he would confirm that nothing takes god by surprise church i have i learn this every single day every time something new happens to me i'm like wow god you knew about that you saw this coming this kind of reaction to trouble is called faith and it's rewarded job would ultimately receive double what he had lost wow Double what he had lost. Everything that was taken away was given back to him double. Except for the children. And his wife can say amen to that. Could you imagine her having 20 more children? Have you ever met a woman that had 20 children? Well she did. She had 14 sons. And six daughters. She missed the parenting classes. But you know what I like about this passage of Scripture the most? This is what I like the most. Because Job's lessons we can apply to our future. You see, Job's future was greater than his past. Matter of fact, when you read in Job, go down to Job's, 42, 10 through 17. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. And when he prayed for his friends, also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all of his brethren and all of his sisters and all of them that had been his acquaintances before. And did eat bread with him in his house. And they They gave unto him, and they comforted him all over. They brought, every man brought unto him, every man a piece of money, and every man an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, And a thousand she-asses. And he also had seven more sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first Jemima. And then he goes on to tell the rest of the names. The Lord blessed Job beyond his imagination. Church, every time I see something come my way that I didn't see coming, it's always God. God will bless you beyond measure as long as you stay faithful to him. Matter of fact, he seems to even bless us when we're not faithful. You ever catch that sometimes? You're like, I know I didn't deserve this. Every time I wake up next to my beautiful wife in the morning and I see her and I give her a kiss before I go out the door, every morning I give her a kiss and tell her I love her before I leave the house. So, And I'm thinking, wow, God gave me this. How blessed am I if I have nothing else? How blessed am I? You see, When you have great friends and you see your friends, you can say, how blessed am I that God would bring Christian folks into my life that would encourage me, pray for me, lift me up with nothing else. The friendship that God has helped you to develop into the people that you know. God knows all about our tomorrows. Some of us have many tomorrows coming. Some of us may not have any tomorrows coming because we don't know the the number of our days. Only God knows the number of your days. So, what does that mean? We can do just like Job did. You know what Job did? He relaxed in God's love. Church, that's what we need to do. We need to learn to relax. In God's love. I used to wear a hat that said relax because I can never relax. And I still have a problem relaxing. I'm trying to find new hobbies. Jack gave me this thing that you squeeze together. It makes a bunch of noise. No music comes out. It just makes a lot of noise. So I had a young man who was talking to me because he had a small one. He said, not to worry, in 20 years I'll be able to play it good. I said, in 20 years, I'll be 78 years old. I said, then it's time for me to retire. 78. I can't even hardly think that far. Matter of fact, when I was growing up, I never thought I'd see 30. I thought that was like historically old. I did. I thought, man, if I make it to be 30, it's going to be a miracle. And here I am, 57, thinking if I can only see 70. And I don't even think that's old. Matter of fact, I don't even think 80 is old. When, you're, when, you, when you pass that 50 mark, anything above that, you don't see it as old anymore. You see it as young. Amen? Nobody says, I'm old. How many of you have ever gone around and said, I'm really old? Randy! That's, you know, we could say that about Tom. Tom's really old. But Randy, you're still young. We were talking about Tom's hair this morning. I know we shouldn't be talking about this on it, but we were talking about Tom's hair this morning. We said if they don't start chasing each other, he's going to run out. See, me and Ed, our hair is thinning, but it's still there. It's okay. How many of you are thinking about tomorrow? How many of you are thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow? You can't worry about tomorrow. It's not here yet. And then when tomorrow comes, you're gonna, I'm going to say, what were you thinking about? And he said, tomorrow. So what's happening tomorrow? See, God God has orchestrated your life in such a way that he has managed to bless you in every single measure that you have need of. He's, he's, He's not forgotten what your needs are. He's not forgotten what your health is like. He's not forgotten how broke you are. Did you hear that, honey? He's not forgotten because he says, I will provide for you. I will take care of you. And so when we begin to think about that, when we begin to think about Job and his troubled life and all that he has gone through, he never lost his faith. That's the key thing here. He never lost his faith. He never not trusted God. He never doubted God. He always leaned on him. Church, that's what we must learn to do is lean upon him no matter what our circumstances may be like no matter how broke your hand gets, no matter how crippled your leg gets, no matter what you can't hear, no matter how bad your diabetes are, listen, God knows about it all. And he'll take care of it all. I was taking my blood pressure the other day, and I told my daughter, I was on the phone with her, I said, oh, my blood pressure's good today. And she said, well, that's good. That means you're taking your medicine. Because if I don't take it, its it gets a little high. My attitude changes. I get a little cranky. The blood pressure shoots up. The horn on the truck gets louder or longer. You see... I believe God has a way of bringing us all into a center of peace, into his love. It, when we start getting upset, we start getting angry, we start getting fearful, we start fretting about things. You know, if you just start saying the name Jesus. 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 It starts bringing in that peace and that calmness. It... it God just loves hearing you say his name. We sang a song this morning. And I really believe when I heard worship this morning, I said, if this has never ever tied into this story of Job, I don't know what does. Every song, it seemed like, drove in that direction. They had no idea because I didn't know until yesterday where I was going. But it just amazes me how in tune they are with worship and bringing about God's word. They sang a song this morning. Come on up, Virginia and Sharon and, and Randy. We're going to sing this song again. And that's how we're going to close the service today. Because I think this song really speaks to each one. Of, if you listen to the words and you sing the words as... Did we shut the computer all the way down? No. Okay. Uh, do you know what the name of the song was? Made me glad. Oh, yeah. I think it's Made Me Glad, Diane. No, not made me glad, is it? Oh, it is. Yes, it is. Oops. But when you think about this song, and you put this song in parallel to your life, think about the peace that God ushers into your life. And all the things that we have gone through, how God has made you glad through all of your circumstances, and everything that we go through, we're supposed to be thankful. We're supposed to give praise unto the Lord. Even when we don't have, even when our health is crippled, we're still to give praise to the Lord.